But many people don't know that you can actually train relaxation because it's not part of modern society. You know, we have breathing, we have yoga, we have meditation, we even have mindfulness. We kind of have that space opening more and more, which is fantastic, you know, and very needed. But we don't talk about relaxation. And relaxation is the antidote to stress. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. So let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Stieg Severinsen. Stieg has a PhD in medicine, and he is also a four-time freediving world champion and multiple Guinness World Record holder. He is the founder of Breathology and the author of the great best-selling book, I have it right here, Breathology, The Art of Conscious Breathing. And if you've been following the news at all, a few months ago, Stieg broke the world distance record for swimming with fins on just one breath, making it 202 meters, which is 662 feet underwater. Stieg, amazing. So, so tell us, first of all, where are you right now? Where are we talking to you? Right now, I'm in a quite spectacular place. I'm on my balcony in uh, what's called uh, Dubai Marina. Uh, and obviously that is in Dubai, which is both like an emirate and a country. Well, well, Stieg, I mean, that takes us to the, the record that you just set in Mexico. And I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to just, what was the experience like? I mean, we saw it on the news and I mean, it doesn't even sound like, hu- like a human being could do what you did, but um, just tell us about the experience. Oh, you, you absolutely can. Um, actually, another friend of, of mine, another marketeer friend, uh, sent me a link from France yesterday. He's French and it's still going Maybe not viral, but you know, it was on CNN International, on CNN Sport, and it is it kind of picked up. We did a lot of work to get it there, but you never know who picks up your record. But I was happy they did because, like you correctly said, it was two hundred two point zero meters. So it was like alluding to the year, you know. So when I do records, I call it the twenty twenty dive. So, so that was the name I kind of gave it. So the last 10 years, a little bit more, actually, it started in 2010 when I was the first in the world to break the 20-minute mark of holding your breath underwater. Uh, I wanted to be the first to kind of break that uh, glass ceiling. I held my breath for 20 minutes, 10 seconds on April 1st in a shark tank in 2010. So 2010 and 20 minutes, 10, you know, the same. So a play on numbers. So that kind of was the first time when I saw that it really took off with the media that when I did a record that had more layers on it. So, I mean, for you being a filmmaker, although you, you of course understand that when you do storytelling, this is when people listen or maybe at least uh, understand it a bit more and, and, and uh, uh, for sure they remember or hopefully they remember. So the whole idea with the dive was to end 2020 on a positive note. Uh, you know, everyone is sick and tired of Corona, both literally and, you know, <laughs> Uh, metaphorically and and you know travel restrictions you know your project set on hold your dream set on hold your family plans and your business plans you know um so it was like to let people know you know hey we shouldn't just hold up corona or whatever as an excuse for pausing our plans pausing our life you know which kind of comes back to what's behind me here 
Like I said, I'm not fascinated with buildings. Like, wow, that's amazing. But, you know, it's just a testimony to what you can actually accomplish in a relatively short time, you know. You can't do a lot in a day, but imagine what you can do in a year, you know. So that's 365 repetitions of, of something you're doing, whether it's your business or your love life or your training, like in my case. So I decided early in the year when Corona hit, um, I just came back from filming with Discovery Channel in Zanzibar. And I had one day in Denmark because I was, I was ready for the, I, I trained the Royal Air Force as well in Denmark. So I was tested in my ears and eyes and lungs and everything to later in August fly the F-16, the Fighting Falcon, the, the, the fighter planes. Because we're switching now to F-35 in the Nordic region and um, a whole new alliance there. So I'm, I'm training these guys for a lot of, of recent mental training and, and to make better decisions and stuff like that with breathing. Um, so I just had one day in Denmark and then came from Africa into Spain. And that was mid, uh, early March. And we had a big uh, uh, entrepreneurial conference where actually every year, well, in the past, yeah, 400 uh, Danish entrepreneurs <laughs> would go. And I was speaking on main stage about breathing for, you know, mental uh, uh, stress resilience and, and, and decision making and optimizing your health uh, and, and your, the health for employees. And then Corona hit. And that was the, the, the like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12th of March. Denmark shut down on the 12th and then Spain on the 15th. And I used, I, oops, I also happened to have a home in Spain, in Malaga. So I decided to stay put for a few months. Well, there was not really the, much to do because it was either to fly back to Denmark immediately or to stay in Spain. And they had a pretty severe lockdown, uh, which was okay. I have a beautiful home there and can train. But then I decided to give my book for free, the one you just mentioned before, Mythology, That of Conscious Breathing. It's correct. It has been a bestseller. It's been on Amazon, number one in different categories. And I wrote it more than 10 years ago. Uh, and it's just a simple breathing guide, you know, that everyone can use to improve their health and their, their mental conditions. It's not really just like a yoga book or stuff. I also talk about breath holding, which I love, you know, the... The other yeah. side of breathing, I call it. So I also give people guidance to how to stay safe and hold the breath longer. But, it, but it's not a free diving book. It's not a, a skin diving book. Uh, and then along with that, I thought that, you know, the usual stuff, uh, politicians were just kind of in a panic and the WHO did nothing as usual for anyone, just, you know, trying to get more money or just wandering around like dumb sheep. And... Um, I think nobody was doing anything good, not even the media, except of scaring people and, and just 24-7, literally. I've never in my lifetime, I'm 47 now, seen anything like it. You know, they're just putting all this out. Corona, Corona was all that was in the news. No positive news right. about a school being, being, you know, set up for kids in, in you know, in a, in, a, in a strange place in Africa. Nothing about, you know, good things happening with nature. So I also, in three days, on the 18th of March, we launched a program called Breath Training in Corona Crisis. And that's an online digital um, code program. You know, it's free. And it was meant for everybody, particularly for the elderly, you know, the, the most vulnerable in the corona uh, situation. So when you get the book, it's still there. You know, you also got the corona breath training um, online course. Uh, it's just on our main page on breathology.com. We have now about 400,000 people have joined and, 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 and gotten help from that. 
And I would, of course, wish it was a million. That was my goal. First, it was 100,000, then 250, then half a million, then we're yeah. closing to a half a million now and then a million. Of course, I would love 10, 10 million or more, you know, and especially with the U.S., so much, so many challenges, you know, New York area and many areas in the U.S. And it's just, you know, I tried to do with my team all we can to bring out breathing and awareness of how you, you can take control back in your life to have greatness in your life. And in this case, it means, you know, protect yourself, stay healthy. I'm not saying that just if you breathe right or if you eat vitamin C or get your sink, you're not going to get corona or any other virus. But you certainly can do a lot of things to improve your immune system and to stay as strong as possible. And if you have corona or have had it or any other virus, for that matter, the flu, you can uh, recover faster if you, you do some simple things in life. So the whole yeah. point was with 2020 to train to get I'm nearly 50, you know, so it was to say, hey, I'm halfway through my life, more or less, you know, a lot of people in my category or my age class, you know, maybe start to get a bit overweight or maybe not dream as much as when they were younger. So I was like, hey, no, let, let's, you know, use 2020, which is the most challenging year yet for many of us to actually reset everything and start from afresh and see it as a good thing. Kind of like I really fancy the financial crisis in, 20, in, 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 in 2008 or 9. Um, because it's like a reset in the best possible way, you know. <laughs> let's look at all the good things we can do and let's, you know, take care of ourselves and our employees and our families in an even better way. And let's not let media and the fear mongering take over. So right. to me, the dive was important and I don't think it's impossible to do, but it was the longest dive in the open uh, sea and ocean ever performed. But, but it, to me, it's not crazy. It's more, I train a lot. So, I mean, hopefully I could do it, but yeah. it was more to give people hope and inspiration. And I think that's why it went viral. You know, people we're thirsting for some positive news, not just the scare campaigns all the time. It, it, it gets tiring. <laughs> well, you know, Stieg, the other thing is, you know, when we talked last time, you know, I mentioned Roger Bannister to you and, and how yeah. and him breaking the four minute mile. And, and what you are doing to me just struck me as, you know, you're breaking these mental barriers also of what's possible. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just how powerful. Mental. It's, yeah. it's more mental than physical. And that's what people maybe don't understand. Maybe a little bit like you said, oh, that's impossible to do. You know, I know you're also being polite and you're putting out something in your podcast, but it's not impossible. You know, it spells I'm possible in English, the T-shirt. But um, yeah, so sorry to interrupt you, but but absolutely it's mental. You know, it's what you visualize. It's it's what you imagine. It's, you know, like Walt Disney said, if you can see it, you can do it. Or if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, nothing happens out of nothing. So... Uh, you know, it happens out of you having a vision or a dream of something like these buildings that literally just, if you didn't have a vision how to, you know, a drawing and how many windows are we going to put and how many doors, how many floors, it's not going to happen. You can think about it a lot. Like you go, oh, man, if I had a building here, that would be amazing. If there was a whole marina, that would just be incredible. We could have boats and everything down there. That Wow, what if we put a, an Olympic-sized swimming pool on top of the mall down there? That would be amazing. But if you don't really start to put steps of action into your vision, nothing happens. So I think that's maybe my main lesson to people. You know, it's not that they should go diving under ice. You know, I, we haven't talked about that, but I have a few Guinness, cur current Guinness World Records still under ice. Doesn't matter the distance, but one of them is, is I swim in Speedos. Maybe some of your listeners have seen it actually on 
on, on History Channel or 60 Minutes or Discovery or somewhere, maybe on Facebook or YouTube. But the point is not that I want people to go swim in, in Speedos <laughs> under ice or dive longest distance in the ocean, you know. It's just to, 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 that, that is my way of expressing myself as an athlete, you know, just like a ballet dancer will jump and do elegant things or an artist will paint, paint something and tell a story with that painting, whether it's about, you know, some negative topic or a positive topic. And with the dive as well, I wanted to put focus and attention back on nature because I'm a marine biologist. I have a PhD in medicine, yes, but, but first and foremost, I'm a biologist and I love everything with, with nature. So it was also kind of um, a way to put a, a awareness on nature and that we shouldn't put uh, any restrictions or put on hold the protection of the marine reserves. So uh, the record I did in beautiful La Paz in Mexico, I'm actually buying a home over there now these days. I'm back and forth with the contract, but it's a big marine park. And so we also had a lot of challenges getting the uh, permissions and stuff because we were in the corona lockdown in Mexico as well but the authorities were really nice and worked with me and had a lot of local support and um, and to do the record in such a beautiful place where I could train every day with sea lions and seas you know dolphins and jumping mobile arrays and stuff like that it was just amazing you know it's like paradise on earth and I thought that if I did it in a spectacular place a beautiful place it would also be you know be picked up more easily by the media which it did luckily so yeah. when something is pretty and 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 uh, a little bit impressive, maybe then then people like to watch it. So it's also about making it tasty, making it a little bit. Um, I, I don't I, I don't seem to find the word now, but like attractive. It's another word yeah. I'm looking for. But uh, you know, when something is pretty and and kind of fascinating, then you also it sticks with you. Absolutely, absolutely, Steve. You know, one of the other things we talked about once before is just how overlooked it seems a lot of times breathing can be. We talk a lot about food, we talk a lot about exercise, but I mean, breathing yeah. is maybe, you know, more important than anything. And especially like you brought up with this pandemic. I mean, before the pandemic, people were already overstressed and overworked and, and yeah. you know, unhealthy in a lot of ways. But now add the fear component Stieg, how can breathing sort of be an antidote to all this fear in, in some way? Yeah, great, great question and very simple answer. You know, there is no better antidote than breathing because you have it with you 24-7. So you don't have to put on your tennis shoes. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't even have to go to the doctor for some ridiculous whatever assessment or analysis, you know, of this or that or take this sleepy pill or take this antidepressive pill, which has nothing to do with being depressed. It's just kind of putting, you know, water on the fire, um, maybe even fuel. I don't know. But uh, breathing uh, gives you the ability to take the power back to yourself. And that is maybe the most overlooked thing in modern society. Whether you're a child uh, having or maybe, maybe you know, if you're a parent, your child has a difficult time um, focusing or, or, you know, attention deficit uh, as many kids have because they have so much input from everyday life, social media and stuff. Everything is so fast, you know. Um, maybe you're an athlete who needs better focus. Maybe you're just stressed out mom or dad or husband or wife. Maybe you're a son of, of an elderly who's sick or, you know, having other things, you know. There can be so many things in our lives that are that are challenging to handle, you know. that That is life, you know. Life is one long, I wouldn't say struggle, but it's a lot of challenge, a lot of pleasure as well. 
Um, so with breathing, what, what it does is that it gives you the ability to go straight into what you call the parasympathetic part of your nervous system. But if we just talk plain and simple English, it's called rest and digest. So what I talk about in the book, uh, Breathology, and what I talk about with everyone, whether they're bankers or Olympian gold-winning athletes, it's always about relaxation. So before breathing, I teach people relaxation. And that, I think, my friend, is even more overlooked than breathing because people know a little bit about breathing. Maybe they don't know how to breathe. They also don't know certainly that they breathe about 20 or 30,000 times a day. So it's an invitation 20, 30,000 times a day to do something better, right? Back to what I said before with the world record I just did. If you're 365 days, uh, uh, you know, have 365 little steps, you can do a lot. You can build a lot, a big tower, you know, and that's the same with breathing. If you breathe correctly every day and put consciousness and awareness on it, you get better and better and better day by day. But many people don't know that you can actually train relaxation because it's not part of modern society. You know, we have breathing, we have yoga, we have meditation, we even have mindfulness. We kind of have that space opening more and more, which is fantastic, you know, and very needed. But we don't talk about relaxation. And relaxation is the antidote to stress. Relaxation is the opposite activation in your nervous system. So stress is what you call fight and flight. It's what's in a medical term would be called the, the sympathetic activation. So the sympathetic part of your nervous system. Your nervous system has two ways. It's like a tree with two branches. One branch is the stress uh, response. You also call it fight and flight. So that's adrenaline and cortisol. Those are the stress hormones that keep you alive for a very short time span. If a boss is hitting you or in the old days, it would be a dinosaur or a, a sable-toothed tiger or something. Um, but that's like half a, a minute, you know, you should get up and run and crawl into the tree and <laughs> then your heart rate goes down and you stop sweating and you kind of, you know, you survived. But what happens is that so many people live in this uh, fight and flight and that is why people, I don't even need any medical statistics. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit statistics that you need proof for everything when things are very common, you know, they're, they're, they're like logical for even a child of the age of five. So that's why we're seeing so many people dying from heart disease, from um, stroke, whether that's in your heart or in your brain. Uh, probably also a lot related to cancer and your, your body being uh, uh, out of whack. You know, it's not really being tuned and balanced. So stress uh, and adrenaline and cortisol breaks you down. That's basically it. Um, with, with, uh, whereas the other system, rest and digest, it has all the, I call them happy hormones, very unscientific, very wrong, but very, very correct. So it's serotonin, it's dopamine, it's oxytocin, the, the hormone that the mother produces when she's giving birth, but also when she has the child and the child is producing it when it feels safe, suckling on the breast, having milk, feeling the heartbeat of the mother, um, just feeling love basically, right? It's also called a love hormone. So those different hormones are kind of like a cascade inside of your body once you're breathing con in a controlled manner and in a relaxed manner and that is because when you breathe with a slow exhale in through the nose slight pause and then it's actually what you call the sigh in english you know nature already knows what to do if you're stressed you come home you sit down in a chair and you go you know that's a sigh so it's a sigh means that you put a bit more pressure on your exhale that elevates the oxygen 
partial pressure in your lungs, meaning you push a bit more oxygen into your bloodstream, make, making you having better decision, making you more healthy, more strong. Every, every cell needs oxygen. You have about 50, tr 50 trillion, 50,000 trillion cell or whatever. So you need oxygen. And then you turn on the vagus nerve. And that is one of my, I wouldn't say great inventions, but it's one of my biggest important lessons in life to teach people is that with slow exhale, with controlled breathing, you can get your shoulders down, you can get the wrinkles off your face, you can get your mind to calm down, what they in yoga call the monkey mind, this, you know, hyper alert brain, and you can trigger the vagus nerve. It's the 10th cranial nerve. We all have one. As a matter of fact, we have two because our nerves are paired, cranial nerves. We have 12 set of wires running from the main computer, the brain to our body. And uh, kind of like I have this headset on one on each side and uh, they're called cranial nerves. And they're like wires that give signals from the brain to the body and then brings a signal back. So when you do something, for example, if I extend my arm, of course that comes from my brain, but then the signal goes back to my brain. Hey, buddy, your arm is extended. I don't have to keep doing it, you know? So, um, so with breathing, you have an incredible tool right under your nose, you know, that just as, as soon as you start doing it a little bit every day, and I'm just talking a minute or two here, I'm not talking about you need to be a yogic world champion, you know, two hours a day stretching and doing all the splits and all this stuff. You just start in the morning, you wake up, you appreciate life, you feel the air is cool in your nose and your nostrils and so forth. So yeah, uh, breathing is, is the, I always say, you know, start with breathing or breathing is king. And that leads into automatic relaxation. And from there, you start to realize, oh my goodness, so many times a day, I can take a little break, you know, and you can do it with sound and kind of prime yourself. It's kind of a self-hypnotic state to make you positive immediately. But apparently or obviously, if you're in a meeting or if you're on a train or on a plane or whatever, you can just breathe silently. So it's also like a ninja technique, you know, it's like a, a secret technique you can use. Nobody knows you're doing it. You know, imagine the difference between before going into a sales meeting that you're stressed and running around and couldn't find the elevator or you just wait those 10 seconds more, you know, half a minute, maybe run into a bathroom or just those 10 seconds going to the executive, you know, office to the door, you send to yourself, you breathe, you exhale slowly and you, and you turn on the vagus nerve and the relaxed system. So you're kind of, you have the upper hand. You seem very uh, calm and you seem like a nice guy or woman for that matter, you know? So it's kind of like you become likable when you're more in peace with yourself. And that sells a lot more. I'm just taking an example here, but I am training also in sales techniques and stuff for companies. So it makes you more... Um, just likable and and not like a stressful guy who's just trying to push your agenda and sell some stuff you know and right. uh, so that's just one example but i also do this with athletes i call it the break in the break it's kind of a thing i invented you know so so whether you're, i'm here with one of the, the olympian uh, athletes he's also a thomas cup winner if people are listening they don't know what the thomas cup is it's like the super bowl of badminton oh. so like the grand slam of tennis but it's called the thomas cup he won it a few years ago so with him, you know, badminton is a small ball with feathers on it. Maybe not everybody knows it, but it's like tennis. Let's just say it's like tennis. Maybe I'm upsetting people here, some people. <laughs> but it's like tennis with a lighter ball. So the ball falls to the ground all the time. That, that's whole, the, it's not like bouncing like a tennis ball. When it falls to the ground, it stays. 
So that, but it could also be tennis and any other sport, you know, you have those, or American football, you have those little breaks every now and then where you can uh, tie your shoes, where you can go in and dry your forehead with the towel, where you can do things in sport I'm talking right now, but in life in general as well, of course, with the military as well, you know, you do have little things when you have to change ammo or you have to, you know, jump out of the helicopter and stuff. So the pause in the pause means that you utilize that pause to your benefit. You optimize the time you have and you optimize your own mental and um, physical well-being. You make sure you're in the best state you can be in, being relaxed, being focused, being oxygenized, being calm, you know, and then you make better decisions. And usually the outcome of what you do next will be more successful than if you're all in a panic, cramped up, you know, kind of just focused on one thing ahead of you and not really seeing the bigger picture. So um, like with blinders on. So I try to bring breathing into people's lives in a, in a much bigger dimension. And that's also, again, back to the records. You know, the records are more like an eye opener and, and hopefully inspiration. That's kind of what I love to do. I love to inspire people. I don't believe in motivation so much. I've had this discussion many times because motivation is something about money or you give some, someone something. You know, self-motivation is good, but I think inspiration is most important because when you inspire someone, you know, you, it's also in breathing. It, it's called inspiration, right? Inhalation, mm -hmm. inspiration. It actually comes from the Latin spiritus, back from Greek. It means the soul. So in spiritus means you bring in the soul, you bring in the energy, you bring in the light. Um, so, uh, you know, to be able to put that life energy or that, you know, imaginary uh, uh, force into people is, is what I love doing. So yeah. I hope more people can start breathing with consciousness and awareness. They don't need to do a lot of fancy stuff. They just not need to start, uh, start uh, you know, at some point and then they will start to be curious and do more and more. And once you feel the good benefits of better sleep at night and, you know, you feel better at sport, maybe you start losing a few pounds because your body gets more in tune then everything kind of falls into place by itself. Little by little, baby steps, I call it. Yeah, absolutely, baby steps. And you've said before that your breathing is your life and you can't trick your breathing, which is kind of a great, great way to kind of check in. You know, you, you, cannot, you might be able and to- you, you cannot cheat it is also what you mean. You cannot trick it. Maybe you can trick it in the sense that you can change it, but you can't cheat it. So if, if you, you can't fake it is kind of what I used to say, I think, you know? Um, but you can't fake it till you make it, you know, you can kind of make it relaxed and then it comes into becoming relaxed, but you can't fake your, 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 uh, physical and mental state and breathing will tell that. So that is my point when I say that, you know, it's like a truth, uh, barometer, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a truth tester. So if you're not aware of your breathing and you're running around, you're panting and you're a mouth breather and, and you're losing way too much uh, liquid and you're breathing up in your chest, putting then tension on your heart. Why so many people also have heart problems and, and uh, hypertension uh, because the blood needs to you know, run faster and harder and the heart needs to pump more because you're not breathing sufficiently. So, uh, but the body doesn't care how you breathe. It just wants the oxygen. It's like, screw how you're breathing. If you don't breathe right, we'll just make you breathe wrong to get more oxygen, right? That's it's nature. So it's compensating. So my point is that when you're breathing or doing something wrong to yourself, whether it's stress from the outside, like an outside stressor, or it's inside of your thinking, or you know, you're, you're not taking care of your body, you're not eating healthy, that's an internal stress. 
that your body has to deal with, then it, it, it is reflected in your breathing. So your breathing becomes superficial, shallow, rapid. You know, most people breathe too fast. So it's kind of like a chronic hyperventilation. Everyone, everyone whether than sports or not, they're not PhD in doctor or something fancy stuff. Everyone knows that this breathing is hyperventilation. Every American knows that. But they don't know the consequences, the horrible consequences of, you know, migraine, tension, you know, you know, heart palpitations, no, palpitations, pal, what is it pal called? Heart palpitations. Palpitations, you know, the yeah. heart goes out of, of, of whack and all this stuff. So, but if you look at your breathing, it's, an, it's a reflection of your state, you know, physical, mental, maybe even some, for some people, spiritual state, you know, if you're suffering or in pain or something confused. So, so, so it is a reflection and, and that you cannot fake. You cannot be running like crazy and just not breathe. You see my point? Or people listening, you can't run like a maniac and just say, oh, I'll fake it. I'll not breathe now for a minute, you know, because you're producing carbon dioxide. <laughs> and that is actually the, the, the gas, the molecule that is calling for breathing. It's not low oxygen, as most people mistakenly think, even doctors, they don't really understand the human body always because they're reading too many books and doing too little exercise. So they don't really know how the body works. So you're not getting triggered to breathe because you have low levels of oxygen. When you have low levels of oxygen, you're falling unconscious. You don't even know it. So, you know, and, and most people can't push themselves there, but you can certainly get high levels of CO2 and people can try this next time completely safe. Next time they're working out or running, they can just sit on the floor. Don't be standing, sit on the floor right after a sprint in the forest or around your house, or just do it in your bedroom you know jump up and down 50 times stop breathing sit down and stop breathing and you will see within 10 seconds your body explodes it feels like it's gonna explode <laughs> because the co2 is produced when your cells are active and your muscles are active and when you can't blow it out because you hold your breath now it feels like you're gonna die for sure and that is because co2 is the strongest reflex calling to breathing through the spinal cord and into the brain center and long fancy story. But, um, but when that is out of tune in your everyday life, when you're hyperventilating, like I was saying daily in a wrong way, like panting, you know, like animals, <gasps> like dogs or birds are doing <laughs> that. They do it not because they're, you know, not know how to breathe. They do it to get rid of heat because they sweat differently, but that's a different story. But when humans are breathing like that wrongly, 25, 30,000 times a day, that pattern goes into their nightly sleep as well. That's one reason we have so many hundreds of millions of people with sleep apnea and bad sleep and bad sleep patterns because their breathing in general is out of whack. It's not balanced. So they don't have that conditioning in their nervous system to breathe properly and smoothly and naturally. Uh, so uh, it has a lot of consequences if you don't know what you're doing with your breathing. Well, can I ask you, I, I want to ask you about breath holding, because I know you gave a great TED talk on how breath holding is the new black. And I, 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 I did. <laughs> yeah. T tell us a little bit about where breath holding fits into this whole picture and, you know, oh, how yeah. that and the benefits of uh, holding our breath a little bit. Well, thank you so much for that question. You know, I'm very fascinated by breath holding and swimming. I'm a swimmer since, you know, childhood. 
I think I was made on a boat or in a bathtub. It's still to be, you know, we, we still don't know with certainty. Uh, but uh, everything about water has fascinated me always. I'm also a Pisces, by the way, for those interested in those kind of things. <clears throat> but you see, br- breath holding is the other side of breathing, you know? It's like the yin to the yang. It's the sun to the moon. It's it's the forgotten art of breathing that we don't know about. And those people listening here... Um, that are into yoga, that are a bit deeper into yoga, would know that the fourth limb of yoga is uh, pranayama. So the science of, of breath work, basically. It's pranayama is the, third, the, the fourth uh, limb or step in yoga where you connect the physical body. So from asana, from, from the yoga poses, but what you would call a, a, a go to the gym in modern life, uh, connecting it to the more mental training, to the meditation the fifth, sixth, seventh, and even eighth limb, the, the, um, the enlightenment, samadhi, or nirvana paradise. So breathing is like the connector between your physical body and the mind and the spirit, like the higher levels of concentration and meditation. Uh, so you can say breath, bre- breath work is the, the, the gate. Uh, it's the bridge connecting those two. And I've been very fascinated by that since my studies of yoga, since my traveling to India to have, find gurus. I have two Indian gurus and one Argentinian guru um, that have introduced me and inducted me to this fascinating world. So on top of my freediving and holding my breath naturally, because that's what you do as a freediver, you want to hold your breath longer to stay down and see more or set world records, whatever, or just have a good time being relaxed. You know, when you dive underwater, the mammalian dive response kicks in. So we all have this response. I call it the inner dolphin to make it a bit more poetic or romantic. It's a beautiful picture. But we all actually do have this inner dolphin. We have a dolphin in our belly that we can uh, awaken. And it's a set of reflexes or a response called the mammalian dive response, MDR, for those wanting to look it up. And uh, it's fascinating because it, it, it it makes your heart go down more slowly. So what you call bradycardia or lower heart rate, heart rate per minute, beats per minute, BPM. It uh, changes the way your blood is flowing around. It pulls the blood and uh, shunts it into your heart and your lungs that are more oxygen sensitive and obviously also pushing it up to your brain. So it, it gives you what's called parasympath- <laughs> It's called peripheral vasoconstriction. So the arms and legs kind of uh, tighten up a bit and the blood vessels uh, tighten up a bit, the smooth muscles uh, tighten up, and the blood is pushed into the core. And that's how you survive longer underwater. And and it's the same whales and and seals and diving mammals are doing. But we have that reflex still in us. And all those things are very healthy and beneficial. That's kind of to answer your question. So I've been fascinated by diving and free diving and swimming all my life. And then I love this yoga part and the breathing. But I've found more and more the last 20 years that I've been really studying this scientifically and and experimentally, you know, with medical tests of all kinds of scans of my brain, of my organs, of my lungs, of my my, um, spleen and ultra ray examination and all this stuff, that nobody's really talking about breath holding and the benefits. So that's why I made this TED talk that you alluded to or that you talked about breath holding is the new black because we're talking about breathing, that's good. We're getting awareness on breathing, that's better than not having it. But how can you understand breathing if you don't understand breath holding? 
you know, it's like in a relationship or like the day and the night. How can you have one without the other? You don't know light if you don't know darkness and vice versa. Um, so I'm trying to bring awareness. That's also why I do these freediving world records still, you know, this circus act. It's not because I need to have more world records that I need to prove that I'm worthy or I can do all this incredible stuff. I have enough laurels, you know, I, I don't need any more medals. But I like to give the like I explained the storytelling behind it. And then when I have a record, like I have an interview with you, with you now and great pleasure of meeting interesting people, I have an opportunity to speak about on a deeper level why it's important and why I do these records because then it brings a conversation forth of breath holding. And breath holding is also an amazing way, you know, that TED talk, people can go and find it. It's called Breath Holding is the New Black. But half of that time, they wanted me to talk about the blood that comes out of your lungs when you push too much and when you fall unconscious and all the horrible things. I did another TED Talk in 2010 when I just had broken the 20-minute barrier. And they wanted me to talk about a lot of the drama. And I said, no, I talked 10 minutes about the world record. And then uh, the rest of the time, I talked about a friend that had Lyme disease that the doctor said was never going to walk again. And I explained and showed in the video in, in the TED Talk his whole recovery process. How we did breath hold training to make his nervous system wake up again. How we did training in the water to give him his balance back because if you're not able to stand or use your nervous system, your engine, your uh, motor skills, then you can't do it on land. But in water, you have water helping and supporting you. So I, 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 when I do rehabilitation, it's a 50-50 principles. 50% on land, 50% in water. I love simplicity in life. It's much easier to use to implement and to, to remember. So it was the same in the, the, the TED talk I did a few years ago, 2019, the, the breath holding is the new black. I spent half of the time not talking about the drama that they wanted me to talk about. I refused to do that. I said, I'm not coming if I can't put the agenda as I want it. And I spent half the time talking about PTSD and how breath holding is an incredible tool to go into your body, into your mind and understand the tension and understand the trauma and kind of resolve it or unsolve it or, you know, open the blockages. So, of course, we use breath work as well. And some people might be familiar to, to um, uh, different breathing rhythms where you breathe more quickly and you do something called rebirthing. And But they can also be a little bit tricky and a little bit tough on your system. And maybe you need some spiritual or psychological assistance but with breath holding i know very well what i'm doing and i give people the opportunity to become uncomfortable uh, comfortable in an uncomfortable situation so that's my whole point you know like i said in the beginning of this interview with breathing you have this switch you can flick you know uh, it's all about relaxation so i call it relax on demand this is what i train the military and all sorts of people to make better decisions and to relax on demand. But another big thing I talk about is to know how to become comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. And no matter if you're a world champion of breath holding or whatever you do, incredible shape you're in. Just before I came here, the Friday before I, I came here about a month ago, I was training the, the Danish Navy SEALs, all the leaders and the, the, the top tier, like the, the boss, the general. Uh, commander and uh, the chief uh, commander in chief of the Navy SEALs. He was also there. And uh, I pushed them, you know, beyond what they're used to in their training. So even Navy SEALs can be pushed out of the comfort zone. 
because when you hold your breath, it doesn't matter how tough you are, how much, you know, how much you're in shape, you will meet your breaking point because you'll pass out at some point, right? So I teach people to become comfortable in an uncomfortable situation, meaning they learn to become comfortable and relax and do the best they can in the given circumstance of, you know, of, of, of distress and fire bullets and planes crashing around them and stuff like that. But still, they have to find that silence, you know, that peacefulness, the eye of the hurricane in, an, in a situation that is very uncomfortable, you know, with everything boom, boom, boom. I'm just using this image from the military because it's easy to understand that if you're at war, it's hard to be at peace, you know, inside. But you can learn to do this, as we see in movies, when time slows down and you focus on your job of getting those kids evacuated or rescued from a burning house or from terrorists or something, right? So with breath holding, we have this incredible opportunity to start to get to know ourselves from a new perspective, a new angle. And I should also say here, never hold your breath alone in water. It's the first rule of diving because you can fall unconscious and then you drown and then you die. So falling unconscious in itself is not dangerous. It's also not dangerous in water. It's called a blackout if you have somebody fishing you out. But if you don't have that and you don't know what you're doing, that is why we're seeing many men, and especially children, young boys, drowning every year in swimming pools around the world, sadly, because they don't know that the unconsciousness comes without warning. It's just like the, the, the computer dies and it becomes black. That's why you call it a blackout in freediving. So never do that, but you can hold your breath safely, even to breaking point, even past breaking point. When you're passing out, I wouldn't recommend it without me or another breath, uh, breath holding experts next to you, but you can train it in dry land. On dry land, you can train it in your bed, you can train it on your yoga mat, at your sports facility, you know, lying on the ground, obviously, you wouldn't stand up because if you black out, you fall and you lose maybe some teeth. Um, so, um, so people can experiment at home with the breath holding and you can also just do a pause of 10 seconds. Like right now, everyone on the podcast can just breathe in with the nose and hold their breath, 10 seconds. And slowly exhale again, very important to be slow and controlled. And already now, I guarantee that everyone feels more relaxed. If you're not relaxed, it's because you put too much air in your lungs and you felt the physical pressure, the stress of the physical barrel uh, receptors in your lungs, like, oh my God, what's going on? But in general, you feel relaxed. And an amazing thing happens when you hold your breath, which is so obvious that nobody ever thinks about it. You stop breathing, right? You stop the movement that you have known all your life, whether you're 20, 30, or 80 years old, that movement has always been a silent part of your life. It's there in the background. Zhung, 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 zhung like we mentioned, 20, 30,000 times a day. So when you hold your breath, even for a brief moment, which means five, 10 seconds, not full lungs, just like 60, 80%, you feel this instant stillness in your body. And that is what I train people to extend. Make it half a minute, make it one minute. And you need to take time again, back to the six severance and baby step process here. You need to have patience, persistence, you know, because you can't change your nervous system just like, oh, yeah, overnight. You need to have weeks and months to recondition, it's called, your nervous system. But once you do it, it sticks with you. It's like riding a bike. 
once you have learned to ride the bike, it doesn't matter if you don't ride it for 50 years. When you go on that bike again, you'll have the balance because you're, you're, you have what's called body memory, you know, muscle memory. Your body remembers how to balance and compensate. You're not going to crash on the bike after not riding it for 10 years. But if you had never ridden a bike in your life, you would never be able to ride it, whether you're even 40 or 50. You're a grown-up person, but if you didn't learn it, you, you can't do it. So with breath holding, you have this amazing opportunity of an inner journey to listen to your heart in a different way because when you hold your breath you also feel your heart maybe you hear it or feel it in your fingertips or your temples or your whatever place it can be in your toes and uh, when you do it underwater and turn on the mammalian dive response you get like a bonus on top of that and uh, it just feels amazing and you can feel this tranquility and this peacefulness some yogis have even said wow this is a shortcut to samadhi for those who have seen the big blue and read the book by Jacques Mayol, Homo Delphinus, the dolphin within us, he meets an incredible guru and he tries to hold his breath at the bottom of a lake and he comes out and he says, oh my goodness, this is a shortcut to paradise. We're talking about a yogic, uh, a yoga person who has done this for 50 years, you know, all his life. So breath holding holds a lot of potential and that is why, again, I call it breath holding is new black because I think I know, but I'm certain, but it will take time that in five, eight, 10 years, I, I always like to be four to eight years ahead of my time, we will see incredible advancements because of breath holding in mental health care and uh, kind of revitalizing the body, rejuvenating the body. And that is a too complicated topic to explain today, but it's basically something about getting your cells on their tippy toes. Because when you're holding your breath, you go against the strongest reflex of life, which is breathing. So you're, you're stressing yourself, but it's a good stress. You're, we can also use another word. We can say you're challenging yourself. And when you challenge yourself, you grow. Uh, whether you want to become faster running or stronger, then you need to lift some weights. But if you hold your breath, you're challenging your nervous system, but you learn to relax on demand because the more you can relax, the longer you can hold your breath. And then you start to connect with your heart, connect that with your mind, connect that with the different hormones that are produced under different circumstances in life. And you can take that from your breath holding into your everyday life situation. That's my big goal for people. So not only use breathing, but also the breath holding, the pauses, translate that into life, and then use that in everyday situations to just have a more healthy and happy life. That's Beautiful. the end goal of breathology. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's awesome. Steve, isn't, it I just have, isn't it simple? It's so simple. It's so simple. Yeah, they just got to follow what you're talking about. This is great. Um, and it's so simple and yet it's so, um, I mean, I think it's revolutionary for people cause people just don't do it. They don't think about it, but yeah. you bringing it to the surface, um, is so important. But, um, Stieg, fi three final questions that I ask just about all of my guests. Um, what are the daily practices that you pretty much do every day to keep you a bit more centered, grounded, and maybe a bit more peaceful? Well, the first one would just be breathing. And you can do it in two different ways. You can just stay in bed or, or sit on your yoga mat and do five, 10 minutes of conscious breathing. It's very important that you do it with awareness. That's why I call my book, Breathology, The Art of Conscious Breathing. So it's an art form to be aware, you know, that you put attention on it. That's number one. The second one people can do is just put breathing on top of their, of their physical workout. So every morning I do a thing called seven minute workout. It's a little app just so I know I've done something, you know? So with the seven minute workout, it's just, it's just, I do it with my parents. My dad is 85 and my mom is soon 80, you know, she's 78. So 
we just do these seven. I don't do it every day, but when I'm in Denmark, I'm visiting, you know, and we do this together. I also do it with my nephew, who's three and a half years old. So we do this together, and then I have much more attention on the breathing. So when you do your jumping jacks, do it with the rhythm of your breathing. Again, back to what I always say, breathing is king. Lead with breathing and let the movement follow. That's what I train all athletes, and they immediately become better, no matter if they're Olympian-level athletes. So that would be a tip. You know, do breath work, uh, you know, focus breath work. Or, uh, or just put it on top of your daily training. It could also be the run. You know, you go running three miles around your block just to wake up. Then use breathing more uh, uh, actively. Use your nose for the inhale. Have a slight pause. Have the rhythm of your body, of your steps following. You could also be walking. If you're walking your dog or walking with a coffee, make it simplistic, but make it, you know, so that your movement is following your breathing. Always start with breathing. And then finally, you could, of course, start doing breath holding. We have something called the, the seven days breath hold challenge on breathology on the breathology.com website. It's completely free. We have had hundreds of hundreds of hundreds or thousands of people joining it. Uh, and then you have seven days and you get little tips and it's completely free. So for those interested, I would also suggest that you start trying to hold your breath because it brings a new dimension into your life. So, so those are a few breathing tips. And, and then I think just the awareness of what you can do in your everyday life in the small pauses. I, I'm talking about a stretch here. I'm talking about, you know, getting a glass of water, hydrating. I'm just talking about the little things. That's what we do as paranoid athletes. You know, we try to optimize all the time. And especially in breath hold diving, because you're optimizing the life source, which is oxygen, right? So every single molecule counts because when we run out of that last molecule, we black out. So we want to be able to lower our heart rate. We want to control our mind so it doesn't burn too much uh, oxygen because your brain is also burning a lot of oxygen. It's an engine, just like your muscles. And um, yeah, so finding that little pause in your pause to optimize everything in your everyday life. Beautiful, beautiful. Stieg, another question. If someone was sitting with you right now in beautiful Dubai, um, having tea with you or whatnot, but they were feeling a little bit helpless and hopeless, what might, and you may have just answered it, but what would be one thing maybe they could do today to take their life in a new direction? I, I, I think the old fashioned, you know, thankfulness always is good. We have had so many beautiful things happening in our lives, you know. So focus on those. We all can tend to sometimes, especially when we're depressed or feeling a bit alone or not feeling, you know, um, in control that we, we start to slide off and think of the negative things in our lives, you know, and things we cannot do. And, oh, I cannot travel now. Oh, my kids cannot go to school. Turn it around. When will you ever in your next 50 years have the opportunity to be with your kids every single day? I'm not saying homeschooling is easy. I'm just saying, you know, look at the positive, you know, is the glass half full or half empty? And, I mean, so it might seem a bit uh, cheesy, but, you know, focus on the positive, you know, always look on the bright side of life. Really, you know, it should be a philosophy in school. And then what you should also do is start to learn relaxation that we mentioned before, because if you're a bit depressed or a bit tied up, you know, then relaxation opens not only your mind, it opens your blood vessels. And when things start to relax and open up more, you also, your mind will follow. So you can start from your physical body that's a bit tense and a bit stressed, let's call it. Uh, and then you realize, oh my goodness, I'm not dying. I have money on the bank. 
I have a beautiful family. I have wonderful friends. They might not be right here right now, or maybe everything is not going as I wanted to, I dreamed of, but I'm certainly still here and breathing, you know? So being a little bit more appreciative of what you have and then learning to relax instead of going into panic for the smallest thing, you know, that that's not going to lead to anything good. That's, that's what very, very certain. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Steve, last question. Um, if you had the opportunity to travel back in time, 40 years, and you could talk to your younger self, what words of wisdom would you tell him? Yeah, probably that to relax a little bit more and enjoy more. But I think I was also lucky in many ways in the sense that I was brought up. And uh, then when I was at that age, five or six years old, um, I got struck by severe asthma. I had severe asthma as a child. Many people don't know this. And uh, it was because of I, we got some guinea pigs, you know, some little furry animals in my home and um, and all the hay and the grass and this hair triggered my asthma, my child's uh, asthma. So it's only when after I grew up, maybe even just 10 years ago, I started to realize maybe that triggered, you know, this journey of me being so fascinated by breathing. And, and I understand and appreciate how much good breathing is doing in your life because I've tried also not to be able to breathe. <clears throat> you know, you feel you don't get enough air in through your windpipe. I had this strange thing as a child because as a child, you know, you think in different weird ways, but I felt that my teeth were too big. Uh, my molars in here, the deep teeth. And I remember that as some of my first childhood memories, like they were too big. Maybe because your jaw is growing, your, your, everything is growing, you know, you have pain in your knees and all that growing pains. Um, but also, I think it was just a feeling of not having enough space in my mouth to get the air in because there was a constriction in my throat. And maybe you as a child think, oh, your teeth are too big. You know, I just remember this weird, ridiculous image of me thinking my teeth were too big. There was not space enough. So I think that someone, something, you know, happened to me out of God's grace or a goodwill, you know, that kind of led me on this journey. But I've always been fascinated by animals and about organs and how animals communicate and how people communicate and how organs speak to each other. So how can we improve and optimize and all that? So, uh, yeah, probably just to relax a bit more and, and to have fun. You know, I, I think I have a pretty remarkable life. I'm very thankful for all the travels and all the wonderful people I've met and experiences in my life, but maybe to relax a little bit more, you know, even I can tend to be a little bit too serious or too stressed or too uh, short tempered sometimes. So my best advice would be to just chill a little bit more. <laughs> Steve, what's the best way for the listeners to find out about you and your work? Uh, well, the simplest way is just to go to our main website. We have put tremendous amount of energy and love and ridiculous amounts of money into that so that is breathology.com or breathology however you want to spell it it is spelled with an e in the middle breatheology there's an e in the middle there like breatheology so uh, it's like biology which means the science of life breathology is the science of the learning the understanding of breathing and uh yeah people can go and check it out there on breathology.com but if you miss the e we also have that domain breathology it took me 10 years and i lost it twice but that's a different story and people can see all the free courses we have they can see the breath holding course i was talking about even the instructor program that we're rolling out in in february this year and it's now all virtual because of corona so that's a new thing for us as well to try to teach people around the world 
100% virtually. Before, we always had the two months virtual training and a physical event, three days of meeting. But now with the travel restrictions, we can't ask people to come from all corners of the globe. Well, they, physically, they can't. And many countries have restrictions, Canada, Australia, and so forth. So uh, our training now is 100% virtual. Uh, I mean the instructor training. The other training on breathology is all video-based. So we have free articles, free courses, a lot of free stuff there. And then if people want to advance on that, they can just see if there's a program that fits them. We have the fundamentals course, which you would call the basic course, and then advanced, which is like for next level. Would be like you, if you're more interested in stuff like that, or if you're an athlete, or if you're battling with some, some things in your life, mental issues maybe. And then the, the last step is the instructor. And the first two steps are mandatory to become an instructor. So we know that our instructors, they know the whole program in breathology. But that would be the easiest to go to our website. And, and we also have a YouTube channel, obviously called Breathology. So if maybe people want to see the dive in Mexico that you have been mentioning so kindly, maybe they want to see the ice dive, they can just see the YouTube channel. We have lots of videos in there. Or, or they can just Google me. I'm the only one in the world called Stig Severinsen. It's spelled S-T-I-G like the stick, if you know from the UK, the driver with the helmet on. And then my last name, S-E-V-E-R-I-N-S-E-N, Severinsen. But the easiest is just to Google breathology and then take it from there. There's also a little link in the top about my bio if people want to know more what I've done in other sports and stuff. Awesome. Stig, thank you so much, my friend. It's great to uh, connect with you for a little bit. Thank you so much also, and thank you for the time. And thank you, most importantly, to all the listeners or the viewers, if this also goes up on video. Absolutely. Because they've taken time out of their day to hopefully learn something new. So I hope they start to focus more on relaxation, on the breath uh, wonders of their own life, whether it's breathing or maybe even starting to be a bit curious about the breath-holding aspects that are so fascinating. Absolutely. So I just wish everyone the best. Like I said, we have a ton of free resources. We have articles explaining about the inner nose, about the nervous system in very simplistic ways on the website. So whether you're a school teacher or you just want to show your kids or you want to learn by yourself, we have great resources on breathology.com where people can at least start the breathing journey and then they can take it anywhere else if they want to. You know, that's up to people. Absolutely. You got to check it out. It's life changing. It's life changing. I mean, I'm doing it in my own life and I know and I know the work you do, Stieg. So uh, it's amazing stuff. Thank you so much, Stieg. Take care. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.